welcome to episode number 50 on Bill Man the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man, where I get to report you the latest weekly news from the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB. Okay, we are going to start off with the biggest event that is happening today. It is the Super Bowl. It will be the 2022 Super Bowl. It will be taking place in Los Angeles, California at the SoFi Stadium, which is the home of the Los Angeles Rams. Now, it's the Rams versus the Bengals. There are some exciting players such as Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham Jr., Jalen Ramsey, Joe Burrow, my Chase, and plenty others. Now, I want to quickly know your thoughts and your opinions on Twitter and Instagram at BillmanTheSportsGuy. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? I, Billman the sports guy, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think they'll beat the Rams in a close game, actually, by a score of 34-31. to 31. And now, before the Super Bowl begins, here are some facts that I figured I'd give out to you guys. This will be the first time in Super Bowl history that both starting quarterbacks have a career-losing record in the regular season. Matthew Stafford is 86-95-1, while Joe Burrow is 12-13-1. Head coaches Zach Taylor of the Cincinnati Bengals and Sean McVay of the LA Rams at ages 38 and 36, they will be the youngest Super Bowl coaching matchup ever. For the second consecutive season, a team is going to play at their home stadium in the Super Bowl. They That had never happened before last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And two more facts to give out. In all three of the Bengals' playoff games so far this season, the last pass thrown by the opposing quarterback was an interception. And now, this is actually a little crazy, and keep in mind on this. The team that loses the opening coin toss has won the, the past seven Super Bowls. So, I want to get I want to know your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram at BillManTheSportsGuy about the Super Bowl, and who do you think is going to win? And now we're going to go to the NBA, and the basic thing we're going to copy this week, um, not copy, I apologize, talk about it, man, is the NBA trade deadline. There were... Not too many moves actually made on trade deadline day. One of the trades is the Milwaukee Bucks got Serge Ibaka in a 14 trade. They got Ibaka from the Clippers, a second round pick from Sacramento Kings and Detroit, and cash considerations from the LA Clippers. The LA Clippers got Semi Ogilili. I apologize if I blattered out wrong. Ronnie Hood, both players from the Milwaukee Bucks. And Virginia Marconic of the Sacramento Kings. And the Kings got Dante, I apologize if I say it wrong, Dante DeFiscano from the Bucks, Josh Jackson from the Detroit Pistons, and also Trey Lyons from the Pistons, along with David McAnew from the LA Clippers and a second-round pick. And the Pistons got Marvin Bagley III from the Sacramento Kings. It's a good trade. The Bucks are still dominant, and I think they'll really win the East. The Clippers are on the rise, although they've kind of been mediocre without Kawhi. The Kings and Pistons are both basically rebuilding, so this is some good pieces. 
The next trade I want to talk about is the Boston Celtics. They acquired Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs in exchange for Josh Richardson, Romo Langford, a 2022 first-round pick, and a 2028 first-round pick swap. Solid trade. Boston is really getting it together, and I think this will help them for the playoffs. And they also got Daniel Thies from the Houston Rockets in exchange for Dennis Schuster, Ennis Freedom, and Bruno Fernando. Schuster will do really well with Houston, and I think Thies is going to be a just fine piece for the Boston Celtics. And now, this next trade actually confused me. The Dallas Mavericks traded Kristaps Porzingis to the Washington Wizards for a 2022 second round pick. I flat out don't understand this at all. Porzingis was with Dallas, who is top five in the Western Conference, and yet they trade him to a bottom five team in the East. I mean, sure, the Wizards got solid pieces, but I'm just having a hard time understanding how this trade makes sense, you know? I mean, like, when you're going from a competitive team to a rebuilding team, sure, that's not fun, but, I mean, and, yeah, this, the Mavericks have Luka Doncic. Okay, let me put it this way. Look at Steph Curry. He's got Klay Thompson. Look at Kevin Durant. He has Kyrie Irving and now Ben Simmons, which we will get to that trade in a moment. Look at Jimmy Butler on the Miami Heat. He's got Tyler Hero. Look at Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Bucks. He's got Chris Middleton, and he's got Bobby Portis. Look at Zach Levine on the Bulls. He's got DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, Kobe White. I could go on. And while the Lakers haven't gone done really well, I'll also say take a look at them too. Because, you know, LeBron James, he's got Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Carmelo Anthony. And now take a look at the 76ers, which we will also get to in a bit because Joel Embiid now has James Harden. Okay. Speaking of James Harden, the Brooklyn Nets trade James Harden and Paul Millsap to the Philadelphia 76ers in exchange for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 and a 2027, both first-round picks. On the Brooklyn Nets side, it's kind of been of a mess. The fact with James Harden, with all the off-the-court issues. And Ben Simmons not really wanting to play for Philadelphia. I'm very curious to see how he does with the Nets. He's a really good defensive player. Sure, he's a jump shot away from becoming one of the greatest offensive players of all time. Now, as for James Harden, I believe I may be right. I may be wrong. You can all go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this is now the third team or the second team James Harden gets traded to within the last two years because of his time with the Houston Rockets. He then got dealt to the Brooklyn Nets in a three-team trade involving with the Indianapolis Pacers, and now he goes to Philadelphia. 
I want to know your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram at Billman the Sports Guy. Who do you think has is gonna pan out? Will it be the Sixers with James Harden? Or will it be Ben Simmons with the Brooklyn Nets? So let me know your thoughts on all the trades that have happened. And also I want to know your thoughts on which teams were you surprised that didn't make a move? Because the teams I was surprised with were the Los Angeles Lakers, the Chicago Bulls, and even the Miami Heat. So let me know your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram at Billman Sports Guy. Okay, now we are going to go on to Major League Baseball. Now, small update I got on the lockout. At the time I'm recording this, today's Sunday, February 13th. The Player Association and the owners met yesterday, with it only lasting well, right around an hour. And the MLB and Players Association was not impressed. So, I gotta ask you guys this. Will the season be delayed if it doesn't get a deal done before March 31st? Okay, let me know your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram at Billman the Sports Guy about that. Okay, now, we're gonna, do, we're gonna talk about a couple things really quick. I got a few facts to give out, but then after that, we're gonna go, we're gonna react to ESPN's top 100 players. Which you guys can let me know on Twitter and Instagram at Billman the Sports Guy on how ESPN did. But before we begin, here's a few facts I would like to give out. When he first got traded to the Cubs back in 2012, Anthony Rizzo became the first player in Cubs history with three game-winning RBIs in the first five games with the team. Frank Thomas had seven straight seasons with 20 home runs, 100 RBIs, 100 walks and a 300 batting average. Not only on the White Sox, but just in Major League Baseball. And yes, he did this on the White Sox. But basically, no other Major League Baseball player has ever done that. So that's how insane power Frank Thomas had. Alexi Ramirez played with the Chicago White Sox from 2008 to 2015. Now, in six seasons from 2010 to 2015, did you guys know Alexi Ramirez did not go to the IL. He didn't get placed on the IL. Not even one time. That is insane on a grinder. Oh, basically, it's insane how you grind it out in a full season. And it's impressive, too. Former Major League Baseball Hall of Fame and slugger David Ortiz, he was actually signed by the Seattle Mariners back in 1992 before getting traded to the Minnesota Twins in 1996. Now, if he did play a game with the Mariners, could you imagine how dominant the Mariners would probably have been with Edgar Martinez, Ken Griffey Jr., and David Ortiz? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Whenever the 2022 season decides to start, Miguel Cabrera of the Detroit Tigers needs 13 more hits to get to 3,000 career hits. And now, we're going to add to ESPN's top 100 player list. All right, let's see. Okay, and now I present to you the list. At number 100, Barry Larkin. Yes, I think Barry Larkin is borderline top 100 player of all time. Number 99, Phil Negro. Number 98, Jim Tomei. 90, number 97, Adrian Beltre. I really don't think... 
Adrian, now I agree, Tomei and Beltre both should be on the top 100. But I just don't think Jim Tomei should have been ahead of Adrian Beltre. But they both should also be higher on this list as we go on. Number 96, Charlie Geringer. Number 95, Duke Snyder. Number 94, Bryce Harper. Yeah, he won two MVPs, but the more I think of it, I'm starting to think it's a little too early to judge, to put Bryce Harper in the top 100. We need to see a lot more years of his career. Number 93, John Smoltz. Number 92, Roy Halladay. Number 91, Ryan Sandberg. Number 90, Ivan Rodriguez. Number 89, Shoeless Joe Jackson. I agree there. Number 88, Willie Stargell. Number 87, Carlton Fisk. Number 86, Roberto Alomar. Okay, I don't agree. Now, I agree with Alomar, Fisk, and Rodriguez so far on this list. But I don't think Alomar should be ahead of Ivan Rodriguez and Carlton Fisk. Number 85, Jim Palmer. Number 84, Paul Molitor. Number 83, Roy Campanella. Number 82, Eddie Collins. Number 81, Mike Piazza. Number 80, Robin Yount. Number 79, Hank Greenberg. Number 78, Chipper Jones. Number 77, Vlad Guerrero. Number 75, no, I'm sorry. Number 76, Cap Anson. Number 75, Rod Carew. Number 74, Juan Marchaiko. Number 73, Willie McCovey. Number 72, Justin Verlander. I'm actually okay with Verlander being in the top 100. Number 71, Al Kaline. I don't know if I'd put him ahead of Verlander, to be honest. Harmon Kilbrew at number 70. Ozzie Smith, number 69. Yes. Okay. At number 60, okay. So, yes, I agree. Ozzie Smith should be in the list. But him at 69, I don't know. I just think it's a maybe a little bit too high, just judging by the offensive numbers. But if we're talking about um, um, just don't know about from the offensive side, though. It's solid, just not, like, super, super great. Okay, so number 68, Manny Ramirez. Okay. Now, before I begin, I should have also it gave a heads up in advance. I apologize if I pronounce a name wrong. Sometimes it's just hard to pronounce some of the names. But anyway, um, in, in fully honest, here's how I look at PED, guys. I would at least look at their stats saying, were they good before they took PEDs or steroids? Now, in Manny Ramirez's case, he got caught twice. Now, did he put up good numbers? I mean, sure, but let's also not forget it was also PED, steroids. So I really don't think Manny Ramirez should be in the top 100. But let me know if you think he should. Okay, at number 67, Brooks Robinson. At number 66, Cal Ripken Jr., Way too low. Way too low. At number 65, Max Scherzer. Okay, I can understand why Scherzer at 65. And he did just win a World Series, so I think I'm okay with him being ahead of Justin Verlander the more I think of it now. 
At number 64, Eddie Matthews. At number 63, David Ortiz. Should be a bit higher. At number 62, Mel Olt. At number 61, Carl Yastrzemski. At number 60, Whitey Ford. That's a bit... I think Whitey Ford's a bit too high to be on the list. At number 59, Miguel Cabrera. At number 58, Steve Carlton. At number 57, Pete Alexander. Number 56, Dave Winefield. Number 55, Reggie Jackson. Number 54, Lefty Grove. Number 53, Oscar Charleston. Number 52, Clayton Kershaw. I'm surprised he's not in the top 50. The more I think of it now. At number 51, oh boy. Now, Ernie Banks at number 51. That's, that is brutal that he's not in the top 50. Ernie Banks is a top 50 player to me. Ah, wow. Cub fans, I know you're not going to agree with Ernie Banks at 51. Guess what? I'm with you. Ernie Banks is a top 50. That's just brutal that he's not on the top 50. Like, he, okay, besides Ernie Banks not being in the top 50, these are the other players that I thought should have been in the top 50. Vladimir Guerrero, Ryan Sandberg, Carl Ripken Jr., David Ortiz, Clayton Kershaw. Those who I think really should have been in the top 50. How did they not get that? Just wow. Okay. At number 50, Bob Feller. At number 49, Frank Thomas. Yes, Frank Thomas is one of the best hitters of all time. I agree that he's in the top 50. In my own opinion, I think he should be a little bit higher. At number 48, Nap Lajolie. Number 47, Warren Spahn. Number 46, Ichiro Suzuki. Number 45, Wade Boggs. Number 44, Tony Gwynn. Number 43, George Brett. Number 42, Nolan Ryan. Number 41, Satchel Page. Number 40, Jimmy Fox. Number 39, Yogi Berra. Hmm. And number 38, Jackie Robinson. So it's actually a good spot. Jackie Robinson's easily top 30, top 50 Major League Baseball players of all time. I think he, I think I think I could agree with him at number 38. Joe Morgan at number 37. Number 36, Trish Speaker. Number 45, Josh Gibson. Number 34, Pete Rose. Say what you want about Pete Rose. But he did put up very, very solid numbers. Now, sure, he did gamble, which that's bad. But I'm, I'm somewhat still surprised that he's not in the Hall of Fame because of it. Number 33, Bob Gibson. Number 32, Sandy Koufax. The fact that he, he really only played like six years in Major League Baseball, I feel like 32 is a little too high. At number 31, Mariano Rivera. I agree that he should be on the list, but I don't know if, if he's really, if he really should be ahead of guy, maybe guys like Sandy Koufax or Bob Gibson. But yes, Mario, Mariano Rivera, arguably the best closer of all time. Okay, this one actually got me mad. Albert Pujols, number 30. Are you kidding me? Albert Pujols at number 30. Albert Pujols is what has been one of the best hitters that I've seen in my lifetime. And how 
he's he's top 10 of all time. Maybe top 15. All right, we'll continue. Number 29, Johnny Bench. Number 28, Derek Jeter. I actually agree with Jeter at 28. I actually don't think that's a bad spot for him. Number 27, Roberto Clemente. Number 26, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, I mean, yeah, A-Rod. Uh, you know, with the steroid stuff, I don't think he should be that high. I mean, would he be in the top 50, top 100? Sure, but I don't think 26 would be it. At number 25. We got Christy Wirtson. Christy Matthewson, I apologize. Number 24, Randy Johnson. Yes, I agree with Johnson being there. Ricky Henderson, number 23. Yes, I, I'm okay with that. Tom Seaver, number 22. Number 20 Young, number 21, Cy Young. Okay, they both put up really good numbers, but I honestly think Tom Seaver should be ahead of Cy Young. Number 20, Roger Hornsby. Number 19, Frank Robinson. Yes, I agree with that. Mike Schmidt, number 18. Number 17, Roger Clemens. I'm okay with that. Number 16, Joe DiMaggio. Number 15, Mike Trout. Yes, Mike Trout is still currently the best player in baseball. Still think it's a little too early to judge, but at at the end of the day, near the end of his career, I really think Mike Trout will literally be in the top 10, top 15 of all time. Number 14, Greg Maddox. I honestly think number 14 is a little too high for Greg Maddox. Well, yes, he was arguably one of the greatest pitchers of all time, but 14 is a little too high. Okay. At number 13, Ken Griffey Jr., Terrible, 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 terrible. Ken Griffey Jr., top 10 player all time, ESPN. Come on now. Sure, he didn't really win a World Series, but he's arguably top 10 player of all time. Period. Number 12, Hodis Wagner. Number 11, Pedro Martinez. I'm a little surprised he didn't get in the top 10, but overall, I do think he's up there. At number 10, Stan Musial. Number nine, Walter Johnson. Number eight, Barry Bonds. Ooh, that's interesting to say the least. Number seven, Mickey Mantle. Number six, Luke Gehrig. Number five, Ted Williams. Number four, Ty Cobb. I don't know if I would do Cobb at four. Uh, well, yeah, he did get a lot of base hits, but he was also a bad person off the field. At number three, Hank Aaron. At number two, Willie Mays. And at number one, Babe Ruth. Okay. So overall, somewhat okay, but at the same time, somewhat garbage. The bigger notes I took out of it was Jim Tomei should be higher ahead of Adrian Beltre, but they both should be higher on the list. Too early for Bryce Harper to be on the 100 all-time list. Roberto Alomar should not be ahead of Ivan Rodriguez and Carlton Fisk. I don't think Manny Ramirez should be in the top 100. Vladimir Guerrero, Ryan Sandberg, Ernie Banks, Cal Ripken Jr., David Ortiz, and Clayton Kershaw all should be in the top 50. Frank Thomas should be a little higher on the list. Too high for Whitey Ford. 
Pete Rose at 34, I don't know how to feel about that. Same with Sandy Koufax at number two. I thought it was horrible that Albert Pujols was placed at number 30. I also thought it was horrible to see Ken Griffey Jr. be at number 13. He's arguably top 10. I do think Mike Trout will be a top 10 player at the end of the day of all time. It's just at 15, I just don't know how I feel about that yet. And Greg Maddox at number 14, I thought that was a little too high. All right, and now we're going to go to the NHL. With the trade deadline coming up right around March, I figured I'd give my top 10 NHL players that are most likely to be traded, which you guys could let me know on Twitter and Instagram at BillManTheSportsGuy. So coming in at number 10, Brett Ritchie of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Number 9, Ryan Carpenter of the Chicago Blackhawks. Number 8, Mark Giordano of the Seattle Kraken. Number seven, Phil Kessel of the Arizona Coyotes. Number six, James Van Riemsdyk of the Philadelphia Flyers. At number five, Tyler Toffoli of the Montreal Canadiens. At number four, Ben Sherratt of the Montreal Canadiens. Number three, Marc-Andre Fleury of the Chicago Blackhawks. Jacob Chitrin, number two of the Arizona Coyotes. And at number one of the Philadelphia Flyers, Claude Giroux. Now, you guys can let me know your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram at Billman, the sports guy, about that. And the biggest news that came out of the NHL this week is former Boston Bruins goaltender Tuka Rask has officially announced his retirement. Tuka Rask, while he did sign for the rest of the season, but in four games, and he started in all four, he had a record of 2 2 and 0 with a 428 goals against at an 844 save percentage. But in his career, in 564 games played, he had a record of 308, 165, and 66 overtime and shootout losses. A career goals against 228 and a 921 save percentage. He also had 52 career shutouts. And this is all in the regular season. And in the postseason, Tuka Rask's his career in 104 games played, a record of 57, 46, and 0. With a 222 goals against and a 925 save percentage with seven career postseason shutouts. And in Tuka Rask's career, he won a Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins in 2011. He also won a Vesna in 2014 and was the NHL first All Star team in 2014. He made the All Star two, two times, 2017 and 2020, and he was the NHL second All Star team in 2020. Now, I do believe Tuka Rask will be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know about first ballot. And at the end of the day, he, he was one of the most solid goaltenders of all time. And congratulations on a very good career. So, to quickly recap, in the hockey world, Tuka Rask retires. I listed my top 10 players that are most likely to get traded. I reacted to the ESPN tops. Top 100 players of all time. I recapped the NBA trade deadline and gave out a Super Bowl preview. Let me know your thoughts and opinions on Twitter and Instagram at BillManTheSportsGuy. So thank you for tuning in to episode number 50, which I cannot thank you guys enough. It is it means a lot to me, and I, and I hope to carry on, and I believe I will carry on for many more to come. I am happy to give you all... 
good stuff, information, and bring out the latest surprising news that surprised all of us this week. Now, thank you for tuning in to episode number 50 on Bill Man, the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man. Stay tuned for episode number 51. Peace.